All right, all right. Hey, how many of y'all appreciated Trey singing that song? Like we told, we, we basically just asked him spur of the moment. He's one of the most gifted dudes in our church. How many of y'all think that Trey should help lead some worship sometime? Amen. Well, you know, if he'll be obedient to the Lord someday, maybe he will. Hey, I, I want to honor all the moms. If this, if this fits you this morning, I want you to put your hand up. If you have attended over three events this last week, soccer, dance, or a fight, or more for one of your kids, go ahead and raise your hand. If you've attended a bunch of extracurriculars, all right? Uh, if you've already changed a dirty diaper since being at church this morning, raise your hand. Come on, any moms in the house? If you were served breakfast in bed, but you had to clean it up, come on, put your hand up. How many of y'all know that has happened before? If you have already heard the name mommy 20 times today, come on, put your hands up. If you have animal crackers or some sort of cereal in your purse right now, put your hands up. Come on, I want to see the evidence, though. I bet, you, I bet we'd have a lot of snacks in here. Y'all need to share. If you have more than two grandchildren with you today, put your hands up. Got some grandmas in the house. If you have two or more grown children with you today, put your hands up. Come on, we got some empty nesters in the house. They're living the good life. If you're expecting and it's obvious, put your hands up. Come on, we're our expectant moms. Happy Mother's Day to you. If you just found out you're pregnant, come on, put your hands up. Hopefully the husband isn't finding out right now. Could be a little awkward. Being a mom is not easy. If it were, it wouldn't all begin with the word labor, but it does. When asked, what is the joy of motherhood? One young mom answered this way. This is what happens when a woman experiences what it's like when all of their children are finally in bed and asleep. <laughs> the mother of three notoriously unruly children was asked, hey, if you could do it all, all over again, would you have children? And she said, without a doubt, absolutely, just not the, these three. I just I would change it up. <laughs> Anybody ever felt like that before? It's like, oh, I love kids, just not these right now. I hear you. A mother is like God's deputy on earth. The father is the head of the house, but really the, the mother is the heart of the house. I think it's important that we know just how much moms do. And it's really impossible to cover it all, but let me break it down with some time. By the time a child reaches 18, a mother has had to handle some extra 18,000 hours of child-generated work for one kid. A junior high science teacher spent a whole class lecturing on magnetics and magnets. And the next day when the class showed up, he said, hey, pop quiz. I want to just kind of test over some of the things we've been talking about. And the first question was this. My name begins with M. It's six letters long, and I pick things up. Half of the students said mother. Because moms just spend a lot of time picking stuff up. How many of y'all know that? 
I think there are some things that a mom shouldn't have to pick up, but they do anyway. Like other people's underwear, their husbands, their kids' underwear, constantly. I think some of you, though, are carrying too much. But the reason why you're carrying too much is because you are carrying extra burdens that God has not called or designed you to carry, even as a mom. And so I think a little bit of today needs to be about bringing focus. What are the most important things? I think if you could lay down the rest of it, you would leave this place a lot lighter, a lot more joy, a lot more peace. So today I wanna talk about three lessons from three different moms. Two moms in the Bible and then my mom. And we'll get to that in a second. The first lesson is from a woman that probably most of us are not very familiar with. Her name is Jochebed, which I don't think is the most feminine name probably in the Bible, Jochebed. So we'll just call her Joe. Uh, how many of y'all recognize that name? Anybody recognize that name? Okay, I didn't think too many people would, but this is the lesson from Jochebed. Be fueled by the calling of God on your child. This is the most important thing. In Exodus 2, 1, it says this, Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, he, she hid him for three months. Okay, the reason why she was hiding is because at that time, Pharaoh had made a decree that every new Hebrew baby was going to be put to death because he was fearful and insecure because the Hebrews were growing in population and number, and he didn't want them to take over his kingdom. But when she could not hide him any longer, she got a papyrus basket and put him in it and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe and her attendants were walking along the riverbank and she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby, he was crying and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. So to me, Joe, Jochebed, she's like this behind the scenes, but powerful, invisible mom. And I think that it's very important that even when you feel like you are out of sight, out of mind, that if you are raising a child, it is so important for you under, to understand the mantle, the authority, and also the responsibility you have to fight for your child's calling in God. She's the mother of Moses. She kept him as long as she could. That's what it says, three months. And then what starts happening? Well, then he starts to teethe. How many of y'all know you are not gonna hide a teething baby? Like the only thing you do with the teething baby is put him in the car seat and drive around the neighborhood until he chills out, right? But she knew because she couldn't hide him, she wanted to do whatever it took because she knew that there was a call of God on his life. And she was willing to do whatever it took to fight for that calling even at great personal sacrifice to herself. As Pharaoh said, kill all the children being born. But she knew that God was gonna do something and she refused to give up on the dream. God's got a plan and I've gotta do whatever it takes to protect this relationship that my son is gonna have with God. 
She's only mentioned a few times. And in fact, in this chapter, she's not even mentioned once, but her son wrote the first five books of the Bible. Whew. He led people out of slavery. He set free the oppressed. Have you ever been around one of those kids that make you think, thank God they're not mine? Have you ever been around one of those kids? Like, I, honestly, my own kids have been this way for me from time to time. Like, they're throwing a fit. You nickname them Legion uh, because it's just like, what in the world is going on? But here's the thing. A mom has this ability that in spite of all the craziness and what appear to be negative elements and attributes and characteristics of a child where somehow they still see this potential this gift, this ability inside of them. Mom sees that kid that a lot of us would say, man, they are tiring. They just say, man, look how much precious energy they have. They're gonna change the world someday. And you're thinking they're changing all our lives right now. Right now. But a mom, you know, is going around and it's causing problems and picking on other kids, they'll look at them and say, look how strong they are, beating up on everyone else. Like Jochebed, moms see the calling and willing to fight to protect that calling. Of course, with the help of God Almighty, but this is a regular thing. If you could put down a bunch of stuff and pick up one thing, fight for the calling of God on your kids' lives, purpose in him. You know, there's a lot of other things that'll never motivate them, never cause them to want to change. But I find when you speak into the eternal purpose of any human being, but especially a kid, man, that can produce some fruit. Lesson number two from Hannah, seek God in his house and with biblical community. See, Hannah was very, very discouraged because she couldn't have kids. But she had this rival that was like a fertile myrtle. Like she would just blink and get pregnant. And Hannah is hurting and in pain because of this longing to have a child. And so she goes to the temple, which was the equivalent of the church today. And this is during the Jewish festivals, okay? While everyone else is out getting partying, Hannah is in the church and she is faithful and she's praying, she's pouring her heart out. In fact, she's so passionate in how she's pouring out her heart the priest Eli sees her and thinks that Hannah, maybe he's been hanging out with her good friend, Mrs. Jack Daniels. He accuses her of being drunk, but really she's just being faithful. Listen, moms, always be the mom who is faithful in God's house and fights for biblical community. Look, I've seen moms with full-time jobs, when kids, while being pregnant, serving God, leading others, leading worship, leading life groups, doing whatever they could to be faithful to God's house. And some say to me from time to time, ah, Pastor, I just can't be busy at church. My kids have all these things going on. They're just so busy. But the unfortunate thing is, the heartbreaking thing is, these are the same parents that five years down the road say, my kids are completely disconnected from church and from God. 
It's fine to have your kids in extracurricular stuff, but please don't let life, sports, kids' schedules keep you from fellowship in God's house and biblical community. 1 Samuel 1.11 says, Hannah prayed and said, if you let me have a child, then I will give that child to you, Lord. All the days I will teach him your ways. So I think there's two things. There's really two pieces to this. For those who long to be a mom and haven't yet, stay faithful to what God has already given you. Continue to seek him and trust him. But for everyone that God has been faithful and given you children, please keep them faithful to the church, the biblical community. The problem with Mother's Day is it can be pretty brutal for some women. Because in this place right now, we may have some moms that feel beaten down and discouraged. Some moms may need some real inner healing today that really only prayer can help with. But there are some of us that have lost a mom, and so today is a painful reminder of that. Maybe some that have a very sick mom. It's difficult because you're heavy-hearted for them. Some moms facing an empty nest for the first time. That's a hard transition. Some have wayward children, single moms wondering if they're going to make it. Ladies who have desperately wanted to be a mom but can't. Moms with blended families, and it's not really working right now. It's hard. And then maybe just moms with a lot of kids, and it's just hard. I just want to encourage you with this. We see you. We love you. We want to be a support. The Bible talks about how important it is that we stay connected to the body of Christ because the body of Christ has many parts, but those parts work together to create the whole. And I'd encourage you, let us, let us be that body for you to encourage you. There's no reason for any of you to leave this place today feeling helpless or hopeless, that no one understands where you're at, what you're feeling. No one knows the prayer that you need. No one knows the support that you need. Please let us know. Lesson number three, I'd encourage you to always learn from other godly moms. There's a lot of moms around you that have walked where you're going to walk. They have made mistakes they can help you avoid making. They've also done a lot of things really well that can help you do it well. So I've invited my mom to come and encourage us. So give it up for my mom. She's gonna come up here on stage. Don't sprint, mom. Just, just make your way up here nice and easy. Watch out for cords. We don't wanna produce a YouTube video we weren't intending to make. Hey, Mama. Hey. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'd say it was my pleasure. <laughs> well, I mean, probably was in comparison to my siblings. We won't get into that, yeah. though. Yeah. Come on now. Uh, so Cody sat down, my wife Cody sat down with Mom, 
uh, this last week, and they were just having a discussion. And Cody came up with some questions um, that, that we could talk about this morning just to kind of discuss um, what it's like being a mom. But first things first, what was the funniest thing that I did as a kid? And I know it's really hard to pick uh, because, <laughs> because I'm so funny. <laughs> there are volumes. Volumes. <laughs> Mostly just mistakes, uh, lots of injuries, mostly. Lots. Lots and lots, lots of, of injuries. Scars. Yeah. Um, I would love to share the turkey story, but yes. I need you or your help. <laughs> the turkey story. Okay, so uh, we're growing up, we're a little, we got, we got two turkeys. One of them, unfortunately, died relatively early in its life, uh, but the other one stayed alive. Um, but he was mean, so mean. So we had this deck on the back of our house. And you were fine as long as you were on the deck, but as soon as you ste stepped off the deck, it would attack you yeah. every single time. But it only had one eye. It only had one eye. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what we would do is we'd run diversion. So its, it's left eye was blind. So either my brother or I would go into its blind spot. And so we kind of flank him from the blind spot, and it usually wouldn't see that person. And then that person would start to make a lot of noise. So as Willie, we called him, would charge after that person, then the other person had a diversion and could run and, and, and feed the turkey. But so when the turkey would attack, though, because it only had one eye, it would attack like this. <laughs> Just like, it was one of the most disconcerting, scary things that any kid could ever face in life. He was an ugly turkey. He was so ugly. And I don't even know, like, we, he was clearly diseased, so I don't know, like, we were raising it with the intent of eating it, but I don't think that would have ever have been a good idea. No, I don't like, think never. we would have, no. So, so one morning, we woke up, and we looked in the backyard, and there was Willie. He was over in his cage, and he wasn't moving. And at first, we thought, no, he's just trying to lure us in. Yep so he can scratch out our eyes. But then we realized, no, he really is dead. And then something really surprising happened. My brother, who had been attacked just as much as I had by this turkey, ran out and threw himself over the cage where Willie was lying dead and began to wail and cry uncontrollably. Like he was really, really upset that our turkey died. And so I did what any compassionate younger brother would do. And I went and grabbed the turkey by the neck and danced him around and said, look young, I'm not dead. And then chased him around the yard. Yeah, and then, he, and then I chased him around the yard. He's just running and crying, stop! That was pretty awesome. I don't know if that's the funniest thing that ever happened, but it, it was, was pretty funny. It was good. What was your favorite Mother's Day gift? When I was pregnant with you, young, who was by then eighteen months. No, well, I had him when right. he was. I had you when he was eighteen months, but he was just like fifteen months old. He was little, and he waddled out into the yard and picked up a smooth rock and brought it to me. And with so much love, 
and uh, I saved that for years and years. I don't know where it wound up, but I saved it. I used to keep it on the windowsill. So that either means that that was just a super sentimental sweet gift, or Dad was really bad at giving Mother's Day gifts. So I was <laughs> one or the other. <laughs> Dads, I wouldn't encourage your kids like, oh, shoot, I don't have a gift for Mom. Like, hey, kids, when we Smooth get done with church, run out to the side of the parking lot and find a rock. Smooth rock. That's come back with a big old <laughs> smile on your face and give it to Mama. You're very sweet, Mom, that that was such an important gift to you. And I think she kept it until one of my siblings threw it at me. And then I think we got rid of it after that. Another scar. Yeah. I had a few of them. What has been the most rewarding thing about raising kids? I think for me, the most rewarding thing is watching all of my children come to know Jesus and walk in him. And all of my children and my seven grandchildren all have come to faith in Jesus. And that's all I ever wanted. That's, that's all. It was worth everything for that to happen. Because though, you know, they're all, some of them are far away, but I know I'll see them again. Yeah. Well, and I'm just speaking for our kids. They're mostly saved. Like, like, <laughs> like there's some days where it's like, oh, I'm not so sure. But, but there yes, is there they, for they, now. No we are all walking out our sanctification <laughs> process. Amen. <laughs> so you, you've been a, a young mom. You're, you had young when you were 20. So you've been... Uh, also been a single mother after you and dad got divorced. You've been a grandmother, a spiritual mother. How would you encourage uh, a new or young mother here today? I think the most important thing is to pray diligently. And it doesn't mean you have to take on a physical posture of prayer, but just be an attitude of prayer. And that we have that ability because of Holy Spirit to be continually praying and take it easy on yourself. Don't judge yourself by what's going on in popular society or what's on Facebook or Instagram. That's just people's best faith. And I would just encourage you to, like James was saying and Brooke was saying, be in biblical community and pray for God to raise up godly moms around you to speak into your life and to speak into the lives of your children. Because we can, you know, even at our weakest point, if we're surrounded by godly, strong women, we can tag team. And I think that's really important. I was just, you know, I think one of the biggest distractions and obviously thieves of joy and peace is comparison. <laughs> and I, I think that's such a huge temptation um, especially for moms, probably more for moms than anyone, to look at what everyone else is doing and compare yourself. Yeah. And, um, you know, God hasn't called you to raise their kids. <laughs> God hasn't called you to do anything but be faithful with the children he's given you. But I get it. I mean, it's, but, but it really is the case. Like when people are putting out there for everyone to see, there's some people that it's like, okay, you know, real talk, and they'll show their, you know, kid, whatever, smearing stuff on the walls. And, you know, you'll see that kind of stuff every once in a while. But for the most part, it's like, 
man, look how perfect their outfits are. And they're like, I'm so proud of Junior. He's learning Mandarin and really perfecting his portfolio at nine years old. And I'm like, praise God, my kid went a whole day without biting someone. That's cool too. You know, so, but I think that's why it's important not to get into the, the comparison game. I think that's good advice about just stay in your lane and find those godly moms that can help you. Yeah. Mom guilt. It's like mm. a real thing. Mm. And uh, the enemy, I know, wanted to put shame on you mm-hmm. early on. Mm-hmm. What would you say to a mom that feels um, that she's just messed up? I think what I had to learn was the Bible says that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And if God doesn't condemn me or shame me, who am I to do that to myself? Do I consider myself wiser than God? I don't think so. So I receive his forgiveness and his mercy and walk in that. Our children sense that in us. And if we can walk in grace and mercy in front of our children, they'll emulate it. They'll be gracious to one another occasionally. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Let it be so. (laughs) Let it be so. Anything else on that one? I just think that, like you said, comparison is the thief of joy. And we, I think the enemy uses so many things to, to guilt and to shame. And, and again, just to pray diligently. And, you know, moms, we would fight a grizzly bear to protect our child. But sometimes we forget to do spiritual warfare on behalf of our children. And I think that that is essential. Yeah, absolutely. The word says he's the father of lies, that when he speaks, lies are his native tongue. And so if he can get moms believing lies and moms carry the mantle of speaking and facilitating and nourishing truth into their children, then he can cause generational issues of deceit and discouragement and shame and condemnation. So your warfare in the spiritual, your prayer, your understanding of the power of the word of God is so important, which brings me to the next question. Uh, You were telling Cody about when we were little, you used to make up songs and about scripture and you'd record them. And then you would play them while we slept, which Cody hasn't done that for me yet, which explains why I haven't slept that well in a really long time. But it's okay. It's okay. I'm sure we can find a cassette recorder somewhere. A cassette tape. Y'all remember cassette tapes? Do you know what they are? Some of the young people in the room are like Googling it right now. But... But you would play that even while we would sleep. Mm-hmm. The scripture says that his word will not return void. Mm-hmm. So how have you seen that play out? Well, as I said before, I have three grown children and seven grandchildren and spouses. And they all know Jesus. 
And I don't think I could have asked for a better return. I wish I had those cassette tapes, though. <laughs> yeah, they would probably be worth a lot of money. <laughs> Your first album. <laughs> I was going to ask you to sing one of those songs uh, right now. Probably Do you not remember a good any idea. of them? <laughs> Y'all were, it was Awana's, and um, y'all were supposed to memorize verses. And it was difficult, especially for you. And so that seemed to be the best way to facilitate you learning scripture. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing that. I still remember a lot of those scriptures. Every time somebody asks me them, though, I can't help but sing them. Do it, James. Do it. <laughs> That's, again, not a good idea. <sighs> you know, here's the thing. Uh, one of the things that I've always known and appreciated, there is no such thing as a perfect mom. Mm. Um, you know, I, there's, you know, you've made mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, Tons. All of us have, but this is what I do know. You can't, you don't have to be a perfect mom, but you can be a praying mom. And mm -hmm. I have seen the prayers. It is, it is crazy. I feel like for some reason, the Holy Spirit leans in a little closer mm. to a prayer, to a praying mom. Mm. I don't know why it seems to carry a lot of authority and a lot of power, and I have seen in hopeless situations mm -hmm. in my own life, in the lives of so many people, where it just didn't seem like there was any way, and then there's a breakthrough, and something happens, and almost without exception, when you ask the question, you find out that there was a praying mom involved mm -hmm. that just kept leaning in to the presence of God, to his word, declaring the truth and not letting go of that. And, uh, and so I would encourage you to stay in that place and don't give up. Mm -hmm. Don't give up. The word says resist the devil and he'll flee, mm -hmm. which indicates that sometimes it's a process. Uh, but stay in the process of prayer and God will move. But mom, if you don't mind, would you mind praying? For all the ladies here that would today. Be my privilege. Father God, in the name of Christ Jesus of Nazareth and in the counsel of Holy Spirit, we come rushing into your throne room. Father, thank you that you see us, that you are the God who sees. Father, I just pray in the name of Christ Jesus that not one person in this room feels unseen or alone. Father, that you would raise up people around them. For these moms, Lord, that you would raise up godly women around them to encourage and exhort. Father, we love you. We thank you for the privilege that you allow us to come into your throne room. Thank you for your might. Father, help us to remember who you are and all you have done and stand 
in that truth. In Jesus' name. Let's just stay in an attitude of prayer. I just want to give an opportunity uh, to anyone that may feel disconnected from the Lord. Any person in here that you just feel like, man, I, I just don't even know that I have any kind of relationship with the Lord. And I just want to give you an opportunity. Even on a Mother's Day, even if you're not a mom, the Lord desperately wants to have a relationship with you. He desperately wants to be close to you. So if you don't mind, with every head bow, every eye closed, if you're here today and you're in a season where you're realizing, man, this is not working, and I've been trying to do it on my own, I thought doing religious things was enough, but I'm realizing now that it's not that it's only a personal relationship that's gonna change anything. If you're here today and you're looking for that personal relationship, or maybe you need to come back to him. Maybe you feel like you had that relationship with the Lord at some point. But if you're just honest, you feel distant from God and you're ready to come to him this morning. Nobody's looking around, every head bowed, but if you would like for me to pray with you and you're willing to just admit and confess before God and before your pastor that you need him, would you please put your hand up in this room right now? As soon as I see your hand, you can put it down and just say, I need him. I'm away from him. Got you guys. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I'm just away from him. Yes, sir. Thank you. Anyone else? I'm just away from the Lord. I need a relationship with you. Got it. Anyone else? For those that just raised your hand, I just want you to know how much God loves you. And he's here, he's here to meet with you right now. This is the most important decision that any person can ever make, a decision to come to Jesus. So if you're here today and you're ready to say that prayer, you can just repeat this after me. You can either just do it in your head or you can say it just loud enough for your own ears to hear it. Just say something like this, say, Jesus, I know that my sin separates me from you, but I believe you came and you died on the cross for me, for my sin. You did that so I could have relationship with you. You did that so that I could be reconciled to a holy God. Thank you. I ask for your forgiveness for my sin, but I thank you that you didn't just die to save me from my sin, but you rose from the grave. You defeated death, you defeated sin itself when you rose from the grave. And that because of that, I have the hope of heaven, but so much more than that, I have a purpose now. And I wanna see your kingdom come and your will be done in my life as it is in heaven, but I know the only way that can happen is if you are the Lord of my life. So I surrender to you as my Lord. I want you to have control. I don't wanna live for myself. I don't wanna live for the world. I wanna live for you. Would you take my life? Would you take it and make it whatever you want it to be? Help me to grow in relationship. Help me to understand just how much you love me by your spirit, by your word. Help me to find biblical community, Lord. I thank you for that. Lord, we thank you again for just being here, for encouraging all of us but especially for encouraging moms. To you be the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.